morning, good afternoon, guys. Welcome back to another Geek Tavern. As always, it's me, Sean. I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Aaron. And today we will be having a spoiler discussion of my recommendation this week, a Coen Brothers film by the title of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Loosely based on the Odyssey story. Probably not very familiar with no, it. I, so no. It's an old, like, Latin Greek story uh, about someone Jason and the Argonauts. I don't think it's Jason. No, something similar to that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it takes place in, I don't think it's ever given the time. It's like right uh, around no. the turning point of... It's during the, the, the okay. Depression. Yeah, so it's, it's 19, after the Depression, yeah. 1937. Yeah. Because they said that they're going to get 50 years tacked onto their sentence and they wouldn't get out till 1987. Yeah. So it takes a place in 1937. Yeah. So, Good catch there. Yeah. <laughs> They're in Miss, Mississippi? Mississippi. Okay. And uh, it takes place during the this, like, governor election taking place. It's kind of the backdrop of the uh, film. And it, the story is about three prison inmates who escape to try and allegedly find a, what was it, $1.2 million treasure that the lead prisoner, played by George Clooney of the name Everett, claims that he has stashed away at his house. From a from a money truck yeah, that job. Yeah, they knocked did. over. And uh, and then, yeah, he brings the two other guys with him, uh, Pete and Delmar, mm-hmm. played by John Totoro and uh, every, his name escapes me every Tim, single time. Tim something Nelson. Yeah. Tim Blake Tim Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. Holes. Yes. And yeah. the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> And a lot of other great stuff. But uh, yeah, so we follow their journey from escaping the chain gang and trying to make it back to uh, Everett's house. Is pretty much how the story goes. Uh, yeah, wait. I know you've seen the movie already. Yeah, before. The, only once, yeah. but. I had never watched so, uh, it. So, yeah, what, what do you guys think of the movie? I oh, brother, movie. this movie sucks. <laughs> oh, brother, this movie stinks. <laughs> no, no, it was a, actually a very, very good movie. Um, being my first ever watch of it, uh, I, with a lot of Coen Brothers movies, I mean, there's not really, like, any bad ones, really. Um, I don't know. Have you ever watched Hail Caesar? Oh, no, I have not watched it. It's not one of their better ones. I thought it was bad, good. but... Um, <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, it was a very good movie. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was funnier the second time, but I forgot how funny. Oh, it's very funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot how much humor was in it, but I also forgot how kind of I don't know why, but like I'm just lost at times. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> it, it but, is... but but it's a part of the like it. It's, yeah, it's a thread throughout the whole movie because. Like, the blind guy on the railroad just shows up. Yeah, he's an oracle. Right. Like, yeah. uh, loosely based on the Odyssey, there is, like, a blind, like, soothsayer that, okay. like, tells them their future. So, like, he's supposed to be, like, an oracle of sorts. Because what he says in the beginning of the movie is what happens. happens the right, right, though. yeah. Um, but it's just, it, it, if you don't know anything, like, I don't know that story. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just very odd, because... Even when they come across like the the, the people, the, the religious people going to get baptized. Like mm, that's my favorite scene in the movie. I mean it's a great scene. Yeah. Uh none none of this that I'm gonna be bringing up is bad. I in fact they're probably the best parts of the movie, but like 
And then they randomly find the sirens. Sirens, yeah. Which uh, I, not knowing much about the Odyssey, I was like, yeah, that seems like something that happens. Yeah, they they do get caught by sirens. Does one get turned into a toad? No. (laughs) They don't. That's my favorite line of the movie. They don't love anybody up and turn them into a horny toad. (laughs) They don't love Pete up and turn him into a horny toad. That's that's my favorite part of the and movie. And John Goodman, the Cyclops, kills yeah. a team. Throws <laughs> them against the tree. There's a lot of animal violence, I'm there, sure. Yeah, I, I had... Shooting a fucking cow. I, I, that I, was great, dude. I had brought that up to Aaron. I forgot the uh, whenever um, babyface George Nelson shoots the cows. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I forgot that it got pretty violent against an animal. Oh, and cows. That. And then it gets hit by I the... I hate cows more than coppers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and then they... I mean, it was obviously, like, stunned. stunted. Oh, no, yeah, no yeah. animals are hurt. Right. The movie, but, like, the cow gets, like, run over by the police car. I was like, Jesus. That I looked, mean, that's a vicious scene. It, it looked convincing, yeah. Just, like, plowed over this cow. I mean, they had to have had, like, a stuffed... Maybe yeah. not a stuffed cow, but, like, a... A prop cow. Yeah, a prop cow that they But, get. like, it looked good. It probably was, like, CG walking in front of the car, and then they had the actual one there that got hit and, yeah. like, flopped. Oh, yeah, probably something like that. Because at the end of the movie, there is that pretty blatantly not very good CG cow standing on top of the cotton uh, <laughs> roof. Yeah. Based on what the Oracle had told them at the beginning of the story. But, um... I like how all of the... Our, main, our three main characters all are very distinct. Like... Uh, Everett is just like this blowhard. He he speaks in very flowery language to like oh, yeah. exude this like false uh, intelligence that he has. Except we find out that he actually just is intelligent. Well, yeah, he's because, a smart character because but... of the reason that he was put in jail was not because he was a criminal or anything like that. He was, he's actually just an educated man who was practicing law without a license. Yeah, and uh, like um, Delmar is naive but he's like kind-hearted and uh pete is like a very gruff exterior but uh i don't know he, he's also like kind of has a good soul to him mm-hmm. despite their you know them being all criminals but yeah you know they're they all look out for each other and yeah i just like that uh all of the characters are they they have a good well-roundedness to their mm-hmm. group but i i just I think that this is probably George Clooney's best movie, in my opinion. I think that he's... It's kind of similar how we were talking about last episode in Armageddon, where Bruce Willis is like... In a lot of movies, he's just doing Bruce Willis. Yeah. And it's like, in some movies, he's actually acting. In this movie, I feel like he's not George Clooney, like how he is in a lot of other movies. He, I actually feel like he's doing a really good job as yeah. an actor, and well, I, I just really like him. I'm going to disagree with you, Batman Forever. <laughs> it's his best role. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no this that is probably, one was this is probably his best. Uh... Oh, right, right. Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. That's right. It's so forgettable. But to your point, it is very uh, disjointed, the plot. Because a lot of things just kind of happen in yeah. the movie. It's like in a typical it's movie. Random. Yeah, in a typical movie, like, you just be like, well, why? You know, like, why Why are these things happening? But that is also of the nature of the Odyssey, which is loosely mm-hmm. adapted by, it was, you know, Greek stories. Things just kind of happen. So, right. <laughs> so they just kind of, like, adapt. And there is a bit of a through line throughout all of it. it I mean, they're on the journey to mm-hmm. the 
Everett's house and everything. So yeah, it. But upon rewatching it, I was like, you. It is a little all over. It's a little scattershotted, but it's yeah. still really good. Because mm -hmm. it's like it's definitely really good. It's almost like an early adaptation of their newest movie, um, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm -hmm. where it's in, like an anthology, move like a movie. It's like a bunch of different stories of different characters. But this one is just like a bunch of different stories just has all of the same characters in each one. Hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe that's where they got their inspiration for their most recent film. Which is also very good. Starring mm -hmm. uh, Tim Blake Nelson. <laughs> um so honestly one of my favorite parts of this movie is the the musical numbers actually. Oh, extremely good songs. Like, yeah. I mean, even I, I'd never seen this movie until probably 2014 ish so but but like i knew the song that mm -hmm. the the soggy bottom boys yeah uh because i mean that that crap played all over like cmt and stuff back mm -hmm. in the day uh back when they showed music videos on television uh I, like i even remember it from back then so it's just super catchy and mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, whoever wrote it, I, don't, I should have looked up who wrote it, but like, whoever wrote it is, is a pretty good songwriter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of humor in that scene, too. Uh, bringing up the humor that you mentioned, whenever... Yeah. So they, they walk in, and it's a blind man who's running the, the radio, and uh, he's like, oh, uh, what does he say? He's like, we, we like old-timey stuff. And then he's he asks if any of them are like uh, black yeah. people, and uh, and Everett's like, well, uh, three of us are, except for our uh, our uh, guitarist, which is like the opposite it's of what it is. And then he's like, oh, well, I don't I don't do uh, Negro songs, and he's like, oh well, we were lying, we we're actually white. And then there's like, well, except for our guitarist, <laughs> and then. Uh, they take advantage of him because after they sing the song, he's like, oh, come in and sign these papers and uh, I'll give you $10 a piece. And he's like, oh, well, uh, what was it? Uh, Aloysius, uh, what was the names? He's like, oh, well, Morton, uh, Aloysius are just going to have to sign X's because only four of us can write. And there's only like four of them in the booth. So yeah. they're taking advantage of a blind man getting uh, 20 extra dollars from him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. When they were recording, the the blind man, I don't know who he's played by. Stephen Root. Okay. Uh, he he was in yeah. You're book gonna of Boba Fett. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna probably gonna recognize him from the book of Boba Fett. He was one of the. Uh, I I knew I kind of recognized him. I couldn't think of where. Yeah. From. Who's that dude who was hiking up the water prices? Or whatever? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like his facials. They're mm -hmm. like during the recording. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, uh, uh, like uh, he's, he's humming very poorly yeah. along. Like. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, that moment in the film is kind of a, it, it, it really changes the whole dynamic of the movie because they get like a base monetary payment for their work. So they go off and whatever. And uh, there's a montage of where like the, their music is like blowing up all over the state. And they're like struggling to like traverse the the uh, the state, and everybody's like, "Oh, well, sorry, we we ran out of records. We got them this morning, and they sold out." So it's kind of like a fun dichotomy that like their music is doing like 
gangbusters and they're yeah. just like struggling to get by. And the only reason that they even like really survive the end of the movie is because of the, uh, the, the fact that, that they, they were in the, the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite aspect of the music. The mo- movie is, is yeah, the, the yeah the it all paying off in the end yeah. like the they just randomly get up there and it wasn't even uh was it Everett is that his name Everett's the yeah George Clooney's yeah. character uh like it wasn't even him that initiated that song yeah like the other two Ooh, Pete yeah. and Delmar uh, started it he's like. Oh shit! I gotta get up there. Yeah, yeah. He's having like a serious conversation with his wife, trying to win her back yeah. because he has like nine kids, six kids, six daughters. Six, but there's a seventh that he didn't know about. Yeah, yes, yeah. seven <laughs> daughters. They're all daughters too. So uh, he's like trying to become bona fide and uh, win his wife back from Ed Begley the <laughs> third. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so he's like having a serious conversation with her, and then as soon as the song starts, he's like, "Fuck this!" And he like stands <laughs> up and starts singing the song. That turns the crowd all. Around. I mean it, yeah. Which uh, Sean and I were remarking that uh, almost everyone in the main cast has been a part of some type of superhero project because <laughs> his wife is Elastigirl, and she was also in Batman vs Superman. Oh, um, John Tutoro, Pete was. Carmine Falcone in the new Batman. Oh, really? Tim Blake Nelson was the leader in The Incredible Hulk, and George Clooney was Batman. That's crazy. Yeah, and John Goodman. He, I don't. Get any superhero, any superhero stuff, no. stuff yet? It, it's only a matter of time. It's hard. I think it's hard for actors to escape that type of thing nowadays, yeah. considering the landscape of film yeah, right now. But... Yeah, there's a there's a few that's like. Can't believe that hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. Still hasn't happened for Tom Cruise. Uh, I just thought it was funny that uh, he, that John Goodman, when he's like telling them how to be Bible salesmen, he's like, it's not about the money, it's about this. And he yeah. just goes, cracked and just like cracks Tim Blake Nelson. And Everett's just sitting there like, like eating still, like, oh, like, like he's sitting there like, oh, what's he teaching us? Like, yeah. and then he just cracks him. I'm not understanding. Yeah, he's like, what was his name? Big, Big Dan. Dan. Big Dan. Big, Big like, Dan. Big Dan. I'm Big not following. Uh, yeah, it, it's funny. There's a lot of like religion, like subtext in the film. I mean, it's pretty overt in the baptism scene, obviously. I mean, and at in that time, like back in what was it, 1937? We're guessing. Like, I mean, that would have been everything, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then, obviously, Big Dan be like, I, I'm not even sure if he actually is a Bible salesman or if that was just, like, a... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he's, like, he's, taking advantage of him. artist. Yeah. yeah. Just he was like, literally, like, sitting there, like, waiting yeah. to hear some rich person come yeah. in so he can... Just, like, how Everett is kind of a con man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's funny that, like, he is using, like, the word of the good book to like take advantage of these people and then we find out later in the movie that he's a clansman yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it's like oh he, like this guy is a fucking monster and and he's a clansman with a very acute sense of smell well because, it, like they're walking up and he's like like it like, turns <laughs> and like because he just knows that they're there somehow yeah. oh and obviously uh tommy's selling his uh soul to the devil 
and the devil being like a character in, in the Marshall yeah. in in the movie, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, so a lot of uh, religious themes throughout the movie, which I don't know, I think enhance it quite a bit. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely enjoyable. I, I do uh, love that where uh, they pick him up and they're like, "Oh, where are you headed, there, son?" He's like, "Oh, I, I had to meet at that crossroads so I could sell my soul to the devil." <laughs> And this is after the baptism scene. He's like, oh, uh, it's funny you should say that uh, because uh, Pete and Delmar here just been saved. You sell your soul to the devil, look like I'm the only one who's unaffiliated. <laughs> George, George Clooney's uh, delivery and like how it, how his dialogue is written, like, but mainly the delivery, like, is so on point. Oh, yeah. Like, he's great. Indeed. Yeah, that's, that's a detriment to his... His acting abilities. And I'm not even, like, a big George Clooney fan. Like, yeah. Like I said, I think that George Clooney just plays, like, George Clooney in a lot of... Yeah. Because like, he's just kind of, like, the suave, know-it-all character. He's the 90s handsome yeah. guy, like... And, and to a point, that's kind of whatever it is. He's kind of like this... He's very conceited. He needs his Dapper Dan. His Dapper Dan. Uh, I'm pie. trying to think of the name for it. <laughs> yeah, I like whenever like something happens and they're asleep and he goes, my hair. Like, <laughs> damn, we're in a tight spot. There's even a third time he says that. <laughs> if you're not listening, like you'll miss it. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's focused on the cops outside. Yeah. And you just hear it in the background. You hear him in the background going, Dude, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> <laughs> His voice, like, if you were to play, like, I thought about this while watching the movie. If you were to play a line of Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards and play a line of George Clooney, I probably, aside from knowing the lines, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the part. <laughs> yeah, they do have a, well, mountain region accent. I don't know if Mississippi is mountainous region or not. It seems no, kind of like a flat land. But, but it's like the way that their voice yeah, is. Like, like their timber. Like, you listen to their voices and you're like, they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah, there's just like a bunch of and and the their progression through all these things, it's just like so funny. Mm. Uh, I I was laughing the one time I, Aaron wasn't laughing too much throughout it, but whenever uh, the uh, like churchgoers are like, they just like show up in the woods and they start walking yeah. into the water. And Delmar has the gopher. He's like gopher Everett. He's just like spinning yeah. around. He's like. <laughs> There were some gopher, he asked him like four times. I'm gonna say he asked him three or four times. That's so funny. Yeah, and then like he's like focusing on that and he's like, nah, Pete and I already ate one. He's like, you can yeah. have this whole one. Yeah, yeah. Uh Everett's like, oh, no, thank you, Delmar. I a third isn't gonna do yeah, a third much. is only going to uh pique my appetite without subsiding it. He's like, that's okay. Pete and I already had one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love the dialogue in the movie. Yeah. It's very of the time and it's very rich and it's very layered too mm. just like and the uh the the side story with peter griffin's dad running for yeah uh, yeah papio uh papio daniel yeah papio daniel and the uh, i forget the other dude the oh uh, homer stokes yeah homer stokes yeah yeah, it's funny. Uh, the like, clan leader. Yeah, yeah. He, literally. The clan so Papio Daniel is like, in the context of the film, he's like the establishment politician, and then Homer Stokes is supposed to be like the reformist, like the progressive candidate. Mm -hmm. And then we find out that the progressive candidate is secretly the Grand Wizard of this chapter of the Complex Clan. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's not at all what you should be. So like, and then he like 
literally makes it public when yeah. he comes in. And he's like, he's like, these boys. Is... How did he put it? Um, Inter- integrated, yeah. or something like These that. These boys yeah. is integrated. Like everybody's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you saying these things? And he's like, I'm part of a certain group. A certain like, group. You, yeah. Why would you <laughs> announce that? Yeah. And I, I don't think that that was even what turned the crowd against him. It was basically just him saying, "This song is over," and they're like, "No." Yeah, it was only the, the song. Then <laughs> a bunch of guys bring in a tie and run him out on a rail. Literally run him out of town on a rail. Yeah, and then uh, Papio Daniel pardons them. Yeah, as governor of the state, and it it works also because uh, I forget the name of. Um, uh george clooney's wife's like new suitor but he is the one that's running uh homer stokes's campaign and uh, it's like oh i've been running the campaign of a racist person so uh that like completely discredits him he's no longer bona fide of course it's kind of funny that like He's like, oh no, I've been right. It's like, okay, but it's Mississippi in 1937. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think, even now, <laughs> I really don't think that much has changed. Well, I'd like to think things have changed, but. <laughs> I think you just don't hear about maybe, it. It's maybe funny. that's it. But... Everybody's like, there's too much social media. We got to keep quiet. Yeah. Why do you keep telling our girls I got run over by a train? <laughs> I did not get hit by a train. <laughs> Mom said you got run over by a train. Yeah, that's a great uh, scene whenever they think that Pete has been turned into a frog. And then Big Big Dan kills the frog, so they're like... I, I mean, not... just Tom squeezes it. Yeah, like, throws it against the tree. Throws it against the tree. And uh, um, Everett is trying to like console Delmar. He's like, maybe it's a good thing that he got squished because he's a non-sentient being, you know, and nobody wants to... Wants... Maybe it's better that Pete wasn't a frog or whatever. And then they cr- like they drive past him in the... Which, that, that confused me for a minute because I thought it was turning into the like amazing Spider-Man of like seeing the ghost of uh, fucking What's-His-Face, <laughs> yeah. uh, Captain Stacy. Yeah. And I thought that that's what it was going to be, like, their guilt, like, coming yeah. back. And he's like, Pete got a brother. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, huh. <laughs> and then, like, he's just like, he must, must be back into me. He must be getting me. Well, we know that Pete is, wasn't transformed into a toad before that because that's the scene when the marshal is whipping him. Yeah. And he's going to murder or he's going to hang him. And then. But, he... I, but I didn't know. Yeah, I thought that maybe he was going to be somewhere else, and I thought that maybe they were just, like, seeing him. Like, I didn't think that was actually him. I knew he was alive, but I didn't think he was, like, back on that chain. Well, yeah, because it doesn't show that he's captured and put back in chains. And then they're watching the movie after uh, Everett gets uh, kicked out of the Piggly Wiggly or whatever, because he had a fight with uh, Waldrip, I think was his name. Waldrip. And, um, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's like kicking his ass, and he's like, and "Stay out!" And uh, he's all dejected because he's like gonna lose his wife, basically. That was a very comedic, uh, or a good comedic acting by George Clooney in the fight scene. Oh yeah, because he's he's super comedic. Yeah, in his fight, he's, 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 he's like hamming it up. He's yeah. like looking around and everything. Yeah, they toss his ass out. 
And then he, what is he, he tells Pete something about, like, he's like, yeah, we got kicked out. And he's like, was that just that location or is that all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the chain gang gets, like, marched in to watch the movie. And he's like, do not seek the treasure. And he's, like, saying it, like, loud. And yeah. like, it's like, they can't hear him. They're like, what? And he's like, do not seek the treasure. We thought he was a toad. He's like, do not see We thought you was a toad. I love his like reaction. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, do not see the treasure. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. And then they, uh, Everett and Delmar break Pete out again. Which that's a great scene because Everett's like standing on Delmar's shoulders and he's like, he's like breaking things. He's like, he's like, I don't have much left. And he's like, that's it. And that's all I got. <laughs> it's like all I got. And then they fall down. That's all I got. But uh, and then that's the scene where we really see like uh, that Everett was just manipulating them because he was like, because he got a letter from his wife right at the prison saying that. She was going to be remarried, and like, whenever he gets out, like, don't even bother coming looking for me. He's like, I had to break out, so there isn't actually a treasure. And Pete is I, like, I, I only had, had two more weeks left on my sentence. <laughs> whenever they're gonna tag 50 years on uh, my sentence, or I had 50 years because he got caught again, I had 50 years tag on my sentence. Whenever I get out, I'm gonna be 84 years old. <laughs> yeah, because he said that he's like, he's like, well, when I get out, it's gonna be 1987. <laughs> And I was like, God damn. <laughs> I'm going to be 84 years old. And Delmar's like, I'll, I'll only be to 82. 82. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> happy still. And they fight. Yeah. And then uh, that's when they stumble upon the clan rally. And uh, <laughs> I brought this up to air, and I don't know if you notice it. While also being like loosely based on the uh, Odyssey, this scene is heavily inspired by The Wizard of Oz. I don't know if you've ever seen The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, the clan people are supposed to be, like, the wicked witches. Um, like, those guys that are, like, oh, we, oh, oh, okay. And then, like, they, um, like, they, the three of them infiltrate it, which is what uh, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the oh, Lion do. They, like, take the... I, mean, I see the connections now. I yeah. didn't put that together. To rescue but... Dorothy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. And then Big Dan T. Yeah. gets impaled. By the flag. I wrote a paper on it in college, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote several papers about this movie in college. But then they cut the they cut the tethers on the big burning cross, and it drops on Big Dan T, killing yeah. him. And it's funny that the uh, little person that uh, Homer Stokes is using in his like uh, campaign is also like a clan. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like he has a small clan robe on. Goodness gracious! Yeah. A minority against another minority, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just always think of that. that when somebody says anything about like clan, like in movies, the only thing I think of is Django, yeah. <laughs> where they're complaining about the yeah. bags. My wife's all I hear is criticize, criticize, criticize. My wife spent all night cutting holes in bags. <laughs> I can't see fucking shit out of this thing. Shit out of this thing. Yeah, that's a good gag. Oh yeah. What's your favorite scene in the movie? Aaron? My favorite scene in the movie was uh, 
I'd say probably the, the climax of the movie, uh, where Homer Stokes gets run out, uh, and the, the, the resolution of everything. Well, yeah, the true climax is whenever they're going to find uh, oh, Mrs. Yeah. McGilligan, is that his name? Yeah, her, her ring. Her ring. Mm. And uh, the the marshal shows up. and uh, the... which, which is just so fucking like, odd, because he's like, we ain't got radio out here. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, he he's the devil, so well, he's, yeah, he's going yeah. to kill them for anyway, their misgivings yeah. and everything. But uh, he's like, we've been pardoned. The governor pardoned us himself. He's like, oh, I don't know anything about it. And he's just like, gonna kill them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, they, they all start like pleading to God, which is another thing. They're like literally praying for their lives. Mm. And, uh, and then the damn yeah. floods the entire valley, <laughs> kills the devil and all that. Well, well, it probably, probably didn't kill. Yeah. It probably didn't kill but, but anybody. But yeah, it yeah. saved them. Yeah, and yeah, and then it, and then, <laughs> which is kind of the downfall when you think about it, because he's like, "We ain't got radio out here," and it's like, "Oh, so you didn't hear they were flooding?" Yeah, because Everett mentions that they wow. were going to flood that valley, which is funny. So like, they knew that they were going to flood the valley. Like that was the whole point of them getting to the house, like as quick as they could mm-hmm. to well. Actually, they didn't even need to get to the house, did they? Because the whole reason Everett broke them out was so that they could um, find his wife and reconnect with her. And but it, it just so happens that they are flooding the valley, and he's like, I guess he used that as a in his story to like, oh, they're going to flood the valley, and the money that I have hit, we got to dig it up. We got to get, it, get yeah. to it. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny that they actually go to the house, and then... But they're like going there knowing that the valley is going to be flooded and they're not there's like no sense of urgency in them they're not like like running to the house they're like i mean i guess they're like calm because of like everything worked out for them so far before the marshal shows up but uh yeah they're they're about to be strung up and then the valley gets flooded and uh pete and i mean Delmar, they would have been in and out if yeah. the marshal wasn't there so i i guess it works out okay <laughs> yeah uh yeah because they probably could have gotten to like some type of higher ground yeah. before it like actually started coming through pete and Delmar are like we've been saved it's a miracle and uh everett's like oh there's a reasonable explanation for this yeah. it's like after he was just on his knees praying to god that he was going to be a better person if he was allowed to be saved just like totally he's just so full of shit <laughs> <laughs> i told you they was gonna flood this valley gonna be a brand new cell they're gonna electro what do you say electro energy this up hydroelectric I mean, up every, the entire valley i mean everything you said happened happened yeah yeah we're gonna be but, living on a whole new grid yep it's gonna be brand new brand everybody's new. gonna be connected or something yeah. something like that yeah yeah he's really the oracle yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah and the uh, movie ends with him getting the wrong ring for his wife <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, that was my Aunt Helena's or something like that. He's like, what? He's like, you said it was in the roll-top desk. And she goes, no, I thought it was in the roll-top desk. <laughs> well, we got the mattress, and then she started naming She it. starts naming off all the places. It's like, well, oh, and then she starts counting. Six thousand, six thousand 6,000 feet of water. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't care. It's like, I didn't put the water there. It's oh, like, well, yeah, I know yeah. you didn't put the water there. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's under 60 he- hectares of water. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be impossible for him to find anything. And then she starts counting. Yeah. And we end the movie with the... it. Well, we end the movie how the movie started. It starts black and white, fades into color, and then Mm. it fades back into black and white with the Oracle. 
uh, seesawing his way away, and uh, he's singing the same song that the little girl was singing. That, uh... mm. but yeah, great movie. <laughs> Let's talk about the post credits scene. <laughs> right, he's like, "Oh, brother, or art thou too?" <laughs> I didn't watch that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I definitely did not. I don't know. This is one of those movies where you don't want a sequel. Oh, yeah. It's very. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's. Has a beginning. It would just be. Yeah. I don't, be, I don't yeah. think that. I mean, aside from Fargo, the television series, I don't think that really any of the Coen brothers' like movies can be like made into sequels or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. They make a lot of great stuff that's standalone shit. Except for, obviously, Fargo, which is the exception. But I haven't watched any of the show. It's supposed to be really good. Isn't Tutorial in that, too? In Fargo? Yeah. Like, the no, movie? Yeah, the movie. Um, who's who's the killer? Um, I don't remember. I know Steve Buscemi is in it, and then uh, uh, Francis McDermott is in it, and... Somebody, the, whoever's with Buscemi is the one who, like, just mercilessly, like, kills. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's, uh, but John Turturro was in a lot of other Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He was in, uh, Miller's Crossing. Big he was, Lebowski. Yeah, the Big Lebowski and other, other shit like that. Uh, the Coen brothers are similar to, uh, Quentin Tarantino, where he, he they have, like, this pool of actors that, that they, they use. use. Yeah. And then they'll, like, obviously get new people and everything like that, too, but. Yeah. But they're just like there. There's a staple yeah. actor. If, if they have a chance yeah. to like drop them in, then they will. Because like Stephen Roots and the newest, uh, he's in uh, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's the dude with the pans all over. Hey, got... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anything else to say about the movie? Yeah, it was very, very good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Uh this is one of my favorite movies. It's uh, I thought. For the first time in some formative years and i was just like really connected with it it's definitely in one of my it, like it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time mm. so uh if i rate it i'll i'll go ahead and rate first i'll give it like a nine and a half out of ten i don't think there's very much wrong with the movie i think it's almost perfect so all right that's fair enough um i don't hold it anywhere near and dear like sure. you do obviously but uh i mean it's a solid movie uh, I'll give it a eight out of ten. I'm gonna give it a nine. It is. It's. It's damn near perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's so good. Music, cinematography, acting. Like there was nothing lacking in this movie at all. Yeah, and the fact that the Coen Brothers took like an ancient text and like successfully adapted it. it. Yeah. To and it's still a period piece too. It came. What this came out in like two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Two thousand. So like. It's still like much a period piece, so they they like took the story and like enhanced it by a couple thousand years. Yeah, but it's still you know. I want to know because I said it to Sean Papio Daniel. Have you ever watched Elmo Saves Christmas? Oh God, probably back in the day. He played Santa Claus in it. Okay. Because like I knew the voice, and I looked up who played <laughs> Peter Griffin's dad, and I was like, oh, it's him. It's like because the voice is just exactly the same. Yeah. And then I was looking at him, and I'm like, he looks familiar. And I was like, who played Santa Claus in Elmo Saves Christmas? And I was like, it's him. <laughs> like it was just a weird thing that yeah, I was I like, like my, oh okay, yeah, I know. Him. I've probably seen it. I mean, my sister was pretty big in the Elmo 
So, like, that's where I remember Elmo mostly from. That was, like, a staple that we watched every Christmas yeah. with Elmo Saves Christmas. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, I do know him. <laughs> All right. Well, we have another recommendation coming for us for next episode. That's me. It is you. Your turn. So, I'm going to get... This has been in the back of my mind ever since The Condemned, which was, like, yeah, oh, it was like the that second, was like, that was like the second years? or third. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like the second, like, suggestion that we've yeah, had. Yeah, it was, it was pretty two, early. Two yeah. years ago? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And that, that's what actually made me think of it was Facebook memories of that episode. Mm, okay. Uh, it's another Steve Austin movie. It's called Damage from 2009. All right. Is this another, like, WWE production? I don't think this one is tied to WWE. I've um, heard of it. I, I don't know offhand. I don't know if it's going to tell me on here. Does it either. have a... Help me out here. X-Men. <laughs> Xavier's brother. No, 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 no. No, this, this isn't tied to, to the condemned. Why can't I think of his fucking name? I, I don't know. Helmet. Are, are you talking about the Juggernaut? Juggernaut, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Benny Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, he was like, like, I've got some brain damage. (laughs) Is the juggernaut actually Charles Xavier's brother? Wait. I think it is. They say that in Deadpool 2, but I don't know if that's, like, actually true. I think it is. Huh. I think in one of the arcs he is. Because in, I mean, I just, I literally had just watched uh, The Last Stand, like, Uh, last weekend, so... I'm familiar with Juggernauts in that movie. And he's not related to Charles at all. Not in that movie, yeah, no. But yeah. I, I can't speak for, like, the cartoon yeah. or the Which comic. He, doesn't he say in Deadpool 2 that he he, he wears the helmet, so... Yeah, so that Charles, yeah. I mean, that's what they say in Deadpool 2, yeah. so I'm sure that that's, like, taken from some comic it, it, line. It's some <laughs> canonical yeah. piece, but... Yeah. I think the only, the only other notable person in this movie, from my knowledge, would be... Uh, and I don't, I wouldn't know his name. Walton Goggins. Walton oh, Goggins. Goggins. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell yeah. He's probably plays fucking nobody in the movie though. <laughs> oh no no he's he's like prominent. Okay. Just when did the movie come out? Two thousand. Two thousand nine. Okay, so this is like right before Justified. Yeah, before his so, career like, really skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah I, he wasn't well known then. I've seen him obviously pop up oh, yeah. and other things since then. He's but... in a shit ton of stuff now. Yeah. Well, all right. If you don't want to be spoiled for, I forget the movie already, Damage, damaged, damaged uh, make sure to watch it before next episode. <laughs> I'm not the only one with brain damage today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I know we sure enjoyed having it. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff, guys, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Later.